The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to another Yule Log commentary track. <laughs> my name is William Bibiani. I am a critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold and uh, Skull. We have our drinks handy. Let's clink our glasses. See there. Clink. Like these are plastic. They're plastic is what we got. Um, Whitney, Whitney brought over some nice bourbon, so I'm going to have a couple of sips of that. Uh, not much of a drinker, but it's a holiday. I'll make a special, make a special uh, occasion of it. Neither of us are particularly big uh, booze hounds, but yeah. uh, it, feels appropriate. Th- this is this is our our Christmas commentary track. It's the sequel to a previous commentary track we did. We did a Yule yeah. Log commentary a couple of years back. 2017 now. Yeah. Three years ago so now. Three years ago. We released, and you can still get it, and we'll put a link up uh, on the Twitter page when mm-hmm. we post this, and also in the page on the website uh, if you want to listen to the original. But uh, we thought it would be funny to do a commentary track for a digital Yule Log. Uh, the tradition of the Yule Log uh, in your TV actually is kind of interesting and we well, discussed it we'll, in great length yeah we'll get to it in this commentary we'll take we discussed well, it in great yeah. length last time we're not going to spend too much time uh, talking about it this time but if you want to listen to that commentary track you get the whole history of using your tv as a fake fireplace yeah, yeah. um but you can still get these oh i'm almost gonna sneeze <laughs> excuse me um you can still get these all over the place and we're currently watching one that is available on netflix it's called fireplace for your home uh, if there are technically three episodes of Fireplace for Your Home, but they're all, I checked, they're all the same Yule Log. <laughs> okay. They didn't do three different fires. It's the same fire, but with different music in front of it. And we're using, I believe it's the classic one without music. Just mm. nice little crackling noises. We've muted it. Um, if you want to watch along with us, if you want to sync up your Yule Log to us, it doesn't have to be Fireplace for Your Home, but we're going to oh, sync that, up to this. because That's, cause that's a, what we're, you know, yes it does. Oh, sorry. Put your Jesus. foot down. I'm sorry. You want them to do it right, My don't apologies. you? Okay. Uh, but if, here's what we did. We went to Netflix and we, we put on Fireplace for Your Home, episode two, season one. <laughs> Rated TVG. Uh, and well, fire, <laughs> which really is actually not safe, which probably be PG. Um, but uh, yeah, we have paused the video at six seconds in. It's the black screen right after they say "fireplace for your home." Mm. Uh, and uh, when we say three, two, one, <laughs> crispy. Oh God! For Christmas, mm. it's a crispy Christmas. Uh, we're all gonna press play together, and we'll be syn- we'll be synced up. And we'll be talking for the amount of time that the fireplace is on your screen. You don't have to do that. You can listen to this as a regular podcast if you wanted to. You could technically sync up another uh, Yule Log. Netflix released on YouTube a dumpster fire Yule Log. I don't know why it's not on Netflix. (laughs) I was very excited to use that. But I'm like, I'm not putting a YouTube video commentary track. We're not there yet. How gauche. How, how unrefined um anyway we're doing this so uh if you want to set that up give you a moment to do that pause your podcast and do it and we're back and we're all gonna press play in three two one crispy crispy um here we are i like how uh so there's a there's a subtitle option on netflix and when you put on this uh yule log it says crackling (laughs) <laughs> you can see you it right that, that subtitle will appear periodically still crackling i hope so still crackling. uh yeah as, as we described in our last uh yule log commentary yeah it actually has a really interesting history uh it was uh the idea was a lot of people who lived in new york city didn't have uh fireplaces somebody had the idea to broadcast one on christmas mm-hmm. so uh, uh channel 11 in new york city Films the mayor's fireplace on a really short 16 millimeter loop. 
and broadcast it on Christmas. And that became one of like highest rated TV programs of all time. Yeah, people wanted something, but they didn't necessarily want to watch TV. It's give you something to have nice on in the background. Yeah, it, you hear the nice sound. And some people put music over it. It's, it's meant to be ambient. And I know there's a lot of TV shows these days that fulfill that function now. Mm. Even like terse scripted dramas like Law and Order are now considered to be ambient tv well i mean uh, tv but, was often used synonymously with radio in a lot of houses in the 1950s especially during the day or where, just certain areas of the country still to this day that's like, true you but, go home and you just turn the tv on and you go about your the day and not don't really pay attention to it i guess my point on. but i was specifically referring to the idea that uh, a lot of tv especially back when tvs had very tiny screens mm. uh they weren't particularly visual they were there to have audio on in the background or you were listening to dialogue and it didn't necessarily matter if you saw it and uh the actually this is the inverse it doesn't matter what you hear what matters is that you see it and it's a nice cozy little fireplace if you don't have one um and here we are we've got uh what appears to be uh four or five uh very big logs uh they are in what looks like a stone fireplace uh someone put a fire more or less in the middle uh, there's a sort of a, a metal thing underneath it where the logs are, presumably to keep it above the ground. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a we didn't get, we didn't thing. get to see, we didn't get to see them light the logs. And that's something that, hmm. uh, I didn't grow up with a fireplace or actually strike that. I didn't grow up with a working fireplace. Okay. Uh, we had a house which had the, which had a chimney, but the chimney was damaged in the, I think the Whittier earthquake. Oh, okay. Uh, so we so no, the flu didn't the work. Northridge quake. Nope. In Whittier. Okay. Whittier was a few years before that. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the so the flu didn't work. So it was a cosmetic fireplace only. Okay. And that always kind of always kind of depressed me. So, um, I but every time I've been to a place where they had a fireplace, like rented a cabin a couple of times in my life, um, I'm always like, yay! I get to crumple up bits of newspaper and throw it in this hole. <laughs> Uh, even and though we and light them on fire, even though we live in Southern California, a lot of the homes were built before central heating was a thing. So a yeah. lot of homes do still have fireplaces and chimneys. Mm-hmm. I did grow up with a fireplace. It did work. Oh, wow. uh, had had you know plenty of relaxing evenings in front of it. I was able to. I can light a Duraflame log as good as anybody. So uh, yeah, we just throw one in there and light it up, and that was just that feels like cheating. Look, I, I, I'm also a Boy Scout, and I was able to okay. build fires out in the wilderness, so it all evened out. At the okay, end of the day. fine. Um, uh, I loved it. I loved burning fireplaces. Mm-hmm. I love the way that we are now using technology to fulfill this kind of uh, almost placid meditation function. Mm-hmm. In, in a way, this is anti-media. It which, is really. Which is, it's, it's, it's arguing to... that your TV would be better off not being a TV. Exactly. It, yeah. It's it's uh, repurposing a piece of technology in your home for a previous technology. Yeah. And it is not meant to draw in or engage. It's meant to calm down and change the mood in the room without you directly interacting with what's on the screen. I don't. I don't entirely and, uh, agree with that. And since our last commentary track, there have been a few evolutions. In the video, Yule Log. That's true. Uh, uh, Shutter does a fun one. Shutter does a fun one. Uh, thanks to YouTube, you can get like ten hour videos. Yes. Of you of just anything now. Yeah. I think ten hours is the limit of a video. Oh no no no! YouTube, I've, no no! There are special ones that I think YouTube puts them out. Okay. Uh, that are like twenty four hours of like rain sound effects. Yeah, with like noise. like outside a window. Um, but actually we fell asleep to one of those the other night. Mm. I, um, I, there's one on there that's like the sound of the cosmos and it's just this yeah. humming noise that I think was recorded from some, uh, mm. space vehicle. Yeah. And of course, uh, uh, audio of ambient noise has been available for mm. many, 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 many years. Yeah. But again, we're all, we're all sort of conflating everything together and we're getting all of our media from one place, our TV or our laptop. Yeah. Uh, but this idea that we can now use our media, uh, in, uh, the most passive possible fashion yeah, uh, is something that it's almost antithetical to what media is. If you start reading, you know, the whole McLuhan stuff right. about, you know, the, the difference between hot and cold media and how this is not even like, it's, it's barely, barely media. Barely media yeah. Well, I would actually argue that, that uh, I'm sorry, I'll let you go, but like, I have a, a point to make. Well, the, the point I was going to make is, uh, 
we're now fulfilling something very base with this. Yeah. We're, and it's not, not nothing to do with our appetites or our mind or our conscious or even our subconscious. This is something that's very animal. Yeah. The, this, uh, what is it? ASMR where I don't, oh, yeah. Oh, audio, I forget audio what sensory the, something. Um, yeah, I forget what that, that stands for. Uh, hold yeah, on. Yeah, like it's, it it's, it's fulfilling something, uh, in, in just like the most basic sense way possible. And uh, I find that, autonomous sensory meridian response, which is go. relaxing noises. Basically okay. there's more to it than that. Uh, yeah, it, it's far more complicated than that, but yeah, that, that we can, we finally have reached a point where, uh, the, the media we produce is so plentiful yeah. and it's so easy to just kind of remix all of this stuff that now we're using it, uh, as a tool mm-hmm. to sort of delve right into our lizard brains. Well, I think that's, that's the thing I think is interesting here. And that's why I agree with you. And I don't, uh, because everything you said makes sense, but I think there's a couple other angles that aren't being addressed. Um, when you look at a fire, mm-hmm. whether it's like a campsite or a fireplace, mm-hmm. um, you're getting a, a visual. You're looking at fire. Fire dances. <laughs> fire is pretty. We look at mm-hmm. fire because it is pretty. It exudes warmth. It it's is, uh, it it's a little life, unpredictable. Yeah. Like, you know, you get a general sense of it, but then it will surprise you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like Robert De Niro in backdraft, but it's... it's uh, it's an incredible natural phenomenon, and it is undeniably uh, captivating to look at. Um, so you could say that like you're not really intended to look at it, but one thinks about like before we had visual entertainment in our household, a yeah. fireplace was something that would captivate the eye. Yeah. It was something to look at. It was something to appreciate and become a little mesmerized by. And also, there is an addition this, to giving this, warmth, this like, which our TV won't do. But this but, is like pre-Bardic tradition. Agreed. This is like, you, you know... Er, early humans. This is caveman. Yeah. This is this is one, around a fireplace, and yeah, we're not capturing the the heat mm-hmm. that we would get from a fireplace. This very uh, the 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 part of it that gives life. Yeah, the, the the vital part of it. Right, but the other parts of it that we find captivating: the visual stimulus, but mm-hmm. also the audio stimulus, the heartening crackle of mm-hmm. good cedar logs or whatever you want. Um. That's something that is, yeah, I think that's very, very innate and primal. And I think what we've reached here is this bizarre sort of reversal. And I've noticed this happening in media in a variety of different ways. Where we've developed media and we've developed, you know, digital streaming and all of these incredible things in order to make our lives, for lack of a better word, more futuristic. Mm. You know, to, to move us as far away from... Our, our cave, pers- yeah, yeah, our primitive ourselves, our caveman appetites and caveman interests, and yet we find once we're there that we still have a longing for that. Mm. So we gave up our fireplaces, but we still want them. So well, now we have to love. create a mockery of them mm. and invite that into our home because that it, it, it connects with us on a level that we're connect we're not connected to nature, we're not connected to the natural, right. and well, so and we have the, uh, to find it wherever we can. And so here we have right. the uh, a facsimile, right. and indeed the original intention was a nostalgic one. Yeah. This was for like city dwellers who sort of were longing for a time that they might might not have even have experienced themselves. Was this sort of halcyon, uh, cool all of like middle American suburban experience yeah. of living in a really cold climate and having a fireplace and cuddling mm. against, uh, and, you know, and all of the accoutrements that go with that, the Christmas tree and the, yeah. the, the hot cocoa and the thick socks, yeah. anything, all of those cozy images that come from a very specific piece of America, Americana, yeah. uh, that was being recreated in New York apartment buildings yeah. with, with, uh, the television set. Yeah. Uh, and yet, even though this is something that is, very primal. It's very simple. It has a little bit of a camp value to it because it's kind of this corny thing. We expect that mm-hmm. to be entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's evolved a little too far now to the point where it's become branded. Yeah, and that's weird. Even the video fireplace, like one of the simplest, chintziest things you can put on a television. Put it. Put a camera down. Has, point it at a fireplace. Leave it on until the fireplace dies. Now Easy. there's branded versions. Yes, there are. There's the Nick Offerman version, where he, I didn't know that one. Uh, where he his character from Parts and Recreation is in front of the fire. I think he's just like drinking whiskey and reading. A okay, book. that's cute. Um, um, there's I, a cute one on Hulu, and I almost did it, but I realized it's only 15 minutes long. Hmm. Uh, for that uh, rom com that came out this year, Happiest Season. 
Oh, there's a happiest season. There's a happiest season Yule log where it's like the 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 fireplace and like the stockings and like pictures of that family Mm -hmm. in front of it, uh, which is weird for a couple of reasons. One, that's a toxic family. Why would I want to be in that house? That's (laughs) the whole point of the movie. Is that's a toxic family. Two, it's after the events of the film when things are a little better. Well, hopefully. Uh, Two, the Yule log is like 15 minutes long. What's the point of that? And the the other idea, and I'm not against this in theory. I wish there'd be an option to turn it off, and maybe there was, but I didn't look enough. Um, is they play the sound, the Christmas songs from the soundtrack? Okay, which is fine. I, I prefer well, not to have that, but there's a totally, totally a fine market for that. That's I, that's I, yeah. yeah. Um, Additionally, there's a Frozen version on the Disney on Disney Plus. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm animated though. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's whatever. It's all it's all digital. It's not none, none of it's real. It's, that's a picture of a fireplace. If they made it in CG, I, 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 I understand would be mad. it's a picture of a fireplace, but I want to see fire. <laughs> I know. Um, it's the difference between you know CGI blood and and you know splatter blood in a horror movie. I mentioned speaking of horror, I mentioned this earlier, and I wanted to get into it a little bit more. Shudder has a fun one called the Ghoul Log, and they do a new one every year. It's like burning human body parts. No, I wish actually. Uh, no, it's a it's a it's a jack o' lantern. Oh, okay, it's a jack o' lantern like spooky stuff around it, and I kind of wish they'd do one for Christmas. A jack a Christmas jack o' lantern? Why not? Or just yeah. or just like you know a fireplace, but there is something creepy mm. about it or whatever, like in an old castle or something. And yeah, the, I think uh, that would be fun. But they they do that. You can watch that too. It's cute. But uh, all of that is really unfortunate and kind of antithetical to the whole idea of the Yule log because it's yeah. trying to get you hyped up again. Yeah. For a brand, uh, and there's this uh, wave of television that didn't really start until. Uh, kind of cable TV really kind of exploded and you could start getting like over a hundred channels. Yeah. And now of course there's thousands. And we needed stuff to fill that time. Exactly. So uh, I remember when I was introduced to a TV show called Too Cute. Oh, I've seen Too Cute. Animal Planet. I've seen Too Cute. And the premise It's a little too cute for me actually. (laughs) I'm not actually not lying. The the premise of Too Cute is uh, where the producers of the show find some pregnant animals mm-hmm. and usually it's puppies or kittens, but sometimes it's other animals. It's well. like baby ducks, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And they follow a, a litter of puppies and kittens through like the first few months of their lives. Yeah. And as they play they, and they, uh, yeah, practice and it's, it's, walking it's and down on the ground. There's no uh, human interaction. There's just this really, there's calm no story. Burl Ives sounding narrator. And this is little, Fluffy Tumpkins, and they're going to have trouble getting up on the couch. <laughs> and, remember the narrator. And, and uh, that is, I, I found, that was like the start of this kind of movement uh, toward anti-TV, hmm. where uh, the whole of television history, you're trying to be grabbed. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a relaxing, calming kind of yeah. nostalgic trip, it's meant to engage. And this was something that was meant to calm you down, not get you hyped up for anything. I feel like the video Yule Log is part of that tradition. Yeah. Uh, That's also something that has a richer uh, tradition outside of America. A lot of American media is about hyping you up, about selling you stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there's actually a lot of media from other countries which is more placid. And the fact there's actually... I mentioned this before in other uh, shows, but it's oh, been a it's while. A, it's a subgenre of anime. Right now it's a popular that. subgenre of anime. Right. It's been there for a bit, but like it's a popular subgenre of anime. It's called Slice of Life. And uh, it's mostly about being tranquil. Sometimes there's a plot, but usually the plot's pretty thin. Mm-hmm. Um, so and today I went to the bakery and I tried a bun. That could be nice. that yeah. could that could be a whole thing. Um, there's a fun one. I think it's called Polar Bear Cafe, which is about a world where people interact with anthropomorphic animals. And there's a polar bear that owns a cafe, mm. and sometimes they go into that cafe, and someone's just like, "Yeah, I'm supposed to meet an old friend from high school, and I'm a little nervous about it." And they have some food, and they talk a little. And then someone's like, I guess I'll go talk to that friend. The whole fucking thing. That's the whole episode. That's enough. There's a great one called Flying Witch, about a witch who moves into town. And what does she do? Well, in one episode, she buys a broom. That's it. That's the whole fucking thing. (laughs) You don't need any more than that. It's actually just incredibly... You think about how difficult it is for some movies or TV shows to get people to slow down. Yeah. To get people to, like enjoy a long-winded scene or a long establishing shot because there's a part of you where you're like in Monty Python like get on with it but one of the great things art can do is adjust your perception of time mm. they can make a, they can make three hours fly by like if you're watching like an epic movie you love 
Or they can make five minutes seem like they last forever if something sucks. But if you can also do that intentionally. And you can try to expand people's uh, uh, sense of time on mm. purpose for positive qualities. And if you watch ASMR videos, that's something that you can totally find yeah. yourself doing. It's just sort of easing into this mentality where it's nothing. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Well, let me just, you totally ruined it, but yeah, I was going to yeah, do a little yeah. ASMR, but it's fine. I, let, let I'm me, not, uh, I'm no expert. Let, let me ask you this. Do okay. you think a video fireplace then can qualify as slow cinema? Yes. Okay. It is. Uh, what what, yeah, what else is it? There's it's a, the slowest uh, cinema gets. There and, and slow cinema is not just descriptive. This is you know, like a kind of a, a cinema movement in a way. Yeah. Where there's a, a, some filmmakers um, who are determined to make very slow moving films, very long films. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to become more familiar with the works of a Filipino director named Lav Diaz, who I think his shortest film is is four hours. Yeah. And and. Uh, they tend to run like anywhere from five and a half to eight hours. And uh, you watch and honestly, them on... who has the time? I'm too busy binging 10 hours of Netflix. Yeah. No, I'm too, <laughs> I'm too busy watching a, a lot of YouTube. Videos. It's amazing it's to a... me. Like considering how much time we spend in front of our TVs, like consuming media, like we say four hours seems like a long amount of time. Not really anymore. No. So and, and, by all means enjoy. And you know, in a Lav Diaz movie or in a Bela Tarr movie, yeah. uh, these filmmakers who, like to use these long sustained shots where uh, very little is happening in terms of action. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in a Lav Diaz film, someone will be seen in the distance on a big mountain, on a big grassy hill, yeah. and they'll be carrying something very heavy. And in the course of the single shot, which will take maybe seven minutes before there's an edit, we just get to watch them, or seven, 17 minutes even, watch walk very slowly from the distance closer they come to the edge of the frame they just walk and mm-hmm. the experience of th- just the walking is enough to uh, slow you down and there's something incredibly human in that yeah. this experience of just moving yeah. and that's something everybody can relate to Agreed. Uh, and <clears throat> it dares to ask the audience not just to have a lot of patience but to take uh, cinema the same way they would take life Mm -hmm. and not just the dramatic parts of life. It's not, it's not there to be escaped. It's there to be endured. I was thinking Mm -hmm. of when you were talking about this um, empire. Oh yeah. uh, The movie by Andy Warhol from 1964. I looked up the date. You might've heard me typing Um, empire is, I think it's, it's about eight hours long Mm -hmm. and it's a one shot of the empire state building. And it takes, and it's in real time. And that's it. It's the whole damn thing. And, and from what I understand, they burned the master print after the only screening. Is that true? I think so. Maybe that was a different Andy Warhol I don't Warhol think that's film, true. But uh, I know that that was one of Andy Warhol's films. He screened it and then he burned the master print immediately. Um, like deliberately erasing it. It was an ephemeral film. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying to Ooh, see that's, it. that's very warm. Uh, no, it was, it was screened later. Oh, okay. It was, uh, so it, I'm, it, I'm the original negative was rediscovered in 1992. Oh, okay. So it does exist. Um, and there's a, there's like a, there are shorter edits available as well. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but the whole thing is that, you know, cinema is typically, we, you know, the concept of editing mm-hmm. exists to get around the limitations of life. You know, we live our lives in shots that are only interrupted by when we blink well, or close our eyes. And, uh, and also that's a, a consequence of us seeing a film as a storytelling medium. True. We're, try, we're trying to tell a story, and in order to do so, we have to tell the pieces of the story but and, and it, cut to different pieces of even the story. If, even if you remove storytelling from it, editing can be used to convey different aspects of a locale. Mm. You can just, here's a shot of a building, here's a shot of behind the building, or something to that effect. One shot of a rose, shot of a rose from another angle, whatever. Uh what that is is unnatural and we accept it because we can understand the visual language of cinema it's pretty innate but if you think about it if you think about of your eyes as cameras or if that doesn't do it for you your ears as audio recorders or whatever um you have the same angle and you can adjust it you can turn it and you probably don't even think about it most of the time but life has no edits 
memory has edit and i think it's one of the reasons why visual language is so innate for us because we can selectively choose what to remember and when uh but uh life has no edits and when you look at something that is a film that is only one shot whether you're doing something really elaborate and exciting with it like and i know hardcore henry or something ridiculous or if you're doing something like a video fireplace which Mm -hmm. is what if you spent an hour looking at a fireplace and there's something incredibly oh oh my god the text said popping <laughs> so i apologize it is incredibly thrilling the subtitle stopped saying crackling and it said popping instead that's amazing is it gonna snap so i so i apologize this is a riveting film this is not slow cinema this is the most exciting motion picture experience of so the, the year this, this is why 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 does yule log run amok and at the end of it it's just just gonna be this horrendous fiery inferno of human yeah. beings burning to death nice but uh, but yeah this is this is this is cinema of time as mm. a cinema that doesn't condense time it doesn't even elongate time it just is time it just is time mm. and that's what you get you this is whether you're watching a yule log or empire you're getting the gift of time the, you are the, sitting the there time. watching time go by and the fact that there isn't a lot of visual or audio stimulus mm-hmm. is an opportunity to reflect, which basically means our commentary track is bullshit <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and we're ruining it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We're, well, I mean, that's you could say that of any commentary track. Uh, D- wow. David Lynch has famously said that he doesn't want commentary tracks on any of his movies because he wants the movie the to speak movie. for itself. Yeah. yeah. You don't, why do you want to, you want to talk about the movie, watch the movie, and then talk about the movie. You don't need the two things concurrently. I, I, I think that's... He's, I'm not he's a, a purist. He's a, no, no, he's a purist. He, he's, that's, allowed, that's, he's allowed he's to allowed. be a purist all he wants, and I'm allowed to disagree with him and say, like, well, not every commentary track is good, and maybe not every movie warrants a commentary track per se. I don't think that's necessarily true. Yule Logs, on the other hand. Yule Logs, we should do one every single year, and I apologize for the three-year gap. This is maybe the most mm-hmm. popular thing we've ever done. Mm-hmm. At least the original was. Um, uh, people, people have actually been asking us to do this again. So thank yeah, you. So We're here back. We are. Um, take, take another, take a little sip of your. I will, here. but I, I like commentary tracks. I like if they're, if they're done well. You're hearing someone, uh, uh, because movies take place over time. Movies are time, uh, time is the one, uh, one thing, uh, one visual medium. You know, music, of course, is, is another yeah. thing where. Actually, it's it's much more uh, pronounced with cinema because cinema is recorded. Yeah, music doesn't necessarily need to be recorded. Cinema does. Yeah, cinema is technology. Time can be based, very ephemeral. And, uh, t- time needs to be. Sorry, very, music can be very ephemeral. Yeah, and yeah, live music is ephemeral. Um, recorded music, one might say, is the boldlorized version of live music. You but could that's, argue. that's arguable. Uh, cinema is very stringently timed. You have to be very aware of the time. Yeah, exactly, and and that's one of the that's one of the tricks is you are trying to captivate people, mm-hmm. and because of that, you need to be aware of the fact that the human concentration uh, varies from person to person, our capacity for concentration, but you need to keep us interested in order to prevent us from leaving the theater, turning off the movie, etc. So filmmakers are often overcompensating for that and trying to throw everything that they can. I think Michael Bay. There's something about Michael Bay that comes across really insecure. Mm. I mean, not all of his movies do it equally. I think some of his movies are actually quite good, but um, he some doesn't of... have enough faith in the material that he uses flash and style to co- cover it up, whether or not it's warranted. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that I think the people who find him frustrating aren't interested in. And I think the people who enjoy him are frequently just excited by his exuberance and his willingness to entertain you by any means necessary, even if it's brash. The, uh, the Michael Bay directed Yule Law is just... Uh, <laughs> oh my God, I would kill for that. It's a, it's a, a burning field of cars. I, uh, I was looking... And there's helicopters and it's an orange sunset. I was trying to pick a good Yule Log uh, for us to, to do for this. And, there's so know, many to choose from. There are, actually. There, and I wanted to find... There's an Overwatch Yule Log. No. You can log on the video game Overwatch, which I know you're a fan of. I am. I didn't actually and, uh, know that was a and, thing. And there's an Overwatch you'll I'm gonna have to check that out because that's funny. Um but uh <laughs> that's hilarious. Again, this is not no. that's something to engage a brand though. No, that's of course it's I'm amused it, yeah. by it and I want to check it out, but I'm not gonna pretend it's it's the spirit of the thing. Um but um 
where was I going with this? But I was looking for, for different Yule Logs, and I wanted to pick one that was easily accessible, which is why we're on Netflix again. Um, this is not the Yule Log we watched last time, but it is the same, like, company that produced it. Um, but I found something that made me go... <sighs> and what I found was that Riff Tracks did a Riff Track for a Yule Log. <gasps> Before or after us? One year after. So they stole our idea. They stole our idea. And, and. We didn't and, steal theirs. And, speaking of which, yeah. um, you were talking about how Michael Bay, his films are perhaps, and we were both talking about this, about how they are both perhaps, um, Michael Bay's films are, are representative, yeah, of, yeah, a, representative of a short attention span. Mm. Or at least catering to a short attention span, whether the filmmaker has one or not. Um. We are committed to this Yule log. Riff Tracks had a little TV next to the next to oh, the thing, and every okay. once in a while they would show Yule log, yeah. but then they would show like a clip from Charlie Brown Christmas or a clip from some public domain oh, okay. Santa thing. Nothing wrong with that. I laughed. I watched a few minutes of it. It was funny, but this is the purest version, and I don't mean the purest with an E. I mean the purest with an I. This is the this is the Yule log commentary track. For Yulog commentary track purists. Mm. So you're part of an elite club right now. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> Good for you. Um, little, little more history that's come up in the interim since oh, yeah? our last Yulog commentary. Cool. Uh, we Hit me with that. We mentioned in the, the original Yulog came out in 1966. We gave the whole uh, history in our last Yulog commentary. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, to to reiterate that original loop, it was shot on 16 millimeter film. It was mm-hmm. shot at the mayor's house, and it was 17 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Then they just played it on a loop. And after a while, they had to abandon that because the TV stations were running them live yeah. for hours, 17 seconds over and over again through a projector. It'll get scratched to crap. Yeah, and they couldn't use it after a while. Is it is that is that 16 seconds still around? Uh, it wasn't until recently. <sighs> Did they restore it? They found it. Uh, oh, that's film, awesome. A film archivist was looking for dirt on Donald Trump. <laughs> okay, that is a great a... that is a great start to any story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were, looking, and they were looking through a basement and they found the original 16 millimeter 17 second loop and they restored it. And that if you've and they they played it again. It's like St. Patrick's Cathedral as this like oh big God, that's wave amazing. of nostalgia. So it, it's actually been rescued restored and revived and then rerun i'm so glad uh, something since, since good our, came out of donald la- trump since our last commentary yeah <laughs> um, they're looking for like old footage and yeah, like sure, here's yeah. just something obscure about donald they, trump listen listen the man's the man listen say what you will hmm. it's gonna be it's it's history yeah, it's, it's it's something well, we're gonna remember well, also we don't need more footage you know we, wow. we, we, we have him figured out he wears his heart we're gonna find we're sleeve. gonna find the rosebud we're gonna find it and it's gonna be bright orange and uh, <laughs> uh no that's a cheap shot gonna, but anyway um <laughs> i digress uh this is i have had three sips of bourbon and i'm feeling it this is why i don't drink i'm a really big guy but i have no tolerance whatsoever for booze well, why I don't you, drink. you don't yeah you don't drink frequently well like, yeah but you'd think I, my system drink, would like, be cushioning it a little bit better than that you know wine beer like well like, i yeah i do sometimes drink them but okay. like regardless i just i don't have much yeah. of a, a a tolerance yeah i didn't i didn't start drink. actually i got drunk for the first time on a podcast i remember that find day. that it's somewhere no, um no it's <laughs> terrible is that I had to review the Lorax while I was drunk for the very first time. Uh, that was not a funny evening. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> that part of me. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, you were a drinker. A, and now, you, now you enjoy it a little bit. A, a little bit. I'm not like a booze hound or anything. I don't like to like to drink frequently, but I Can did. Can I be a booze hound? The, the story goes, uh, when I was 21, my friends took me out to drinks. Like, you can buy booze now. Go get booze. Like, but I don't like booze. Yeah. get it anyway okay i'm 21 i may as well yeah and the night of my 21st birthday my friends were giving me all of these mixed drinks that they said would be good for somebody with a low tolerance or yeah. doesn't like alcohol because i didn't i didn't like yeah. alcohol. so you were you were getting like uh, really sugary things yeah or, things yeah. with like a lot of sweeteners in them they yeah. gave me something to disguise called a, the taste of exactly the alcohol. they gave yeah. me something called a mudslide oh which is like a mudslide. foamy chocolatey booze it's it's it, basically it's basically a it's basically like a f- cold hot chocolate Mm. with booze in it. Yeah, it's boozy chocolate milk. It's and, fine. And, 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 no, it's revolting. Well, I mean, you know what I mean. If you're yeah. into that sort of thing, it's fine. 
and uh, it wasn't until much later when I tried a savory cocktail for the first time. Yeah. It, it had like jalapeno and muddled basil in it. It Oof. was very like planty. Mm-hmm. I realized, wait a minute, why were you masking it when you can actually like kind of accentuate it and bring out flavors? Yeah. And I, I like I the way things is, actually taste. Yeah, I don't that, like disguising them all the what time. What I had realized is all of my friends who at age 21 were trying to give me booze, they weren't experienced drinkers. They didn't know anything about yeah. alcohol. It's like they just, just wanted just you to get drunk somehow. Yeah, they were going to, so, any way they could do it. So here's something yeah. where you don't have to taste the booze. Or you can drink and drink where you do taste the booze. Yeah. And it is strong. And the whole point of it is to bring out all these flavors and expand That's, your palate a little bit. Yeah. So when I started having things like gin, I realized, wait a minute, there's some things that I actually enjoy drinking. Yeah. And uh, that's how it was with coffee. For, okay. for years, everyone's like, oh, we'll get you a nice, like, hazelnut macchiato. And, a milkshake like, with coffee. Yeah. And, and like all of these, like, you know, really delectable, creamy, sugary type things sort of ease you into it. And it wasn't until someone just gave me a cup of black coffee. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it was like from a French press. So it was pretty good. And so I was like, well, this is nice. What the fuck were you doing <laughs> to my coffee this whole time? I like coffee-flavored coffee. I like various kinds of coffee-flavored coffee, but I don't like adding... Yeah, much. And I've had... Starbucksification. I've had I've had some Starbucks, you know, like uh, I accidentally um, had... Uh, Michelle likes the, the fancy drinks mm-hmm. at Starbucks, and uh, I got her a toasted white chocolate peppermint mocha. Okay. Okay. So I got her one of those. That sounds very creamy. It it was. It was very delectable. And normally I don't, I have no interest and I just get a black cup of coffee and I'm done. Uh, But I accidentally picked up her coffee by mistake. And at first I was like, what the hell? And then I was like, well, it's not bad. No, well, it tastes it's, like it's, it's tastes perfectly like a, nice. It's like, like a milkshake. Like, yeah, it tastes it tastes like a white chocolate cup of hot cocoa with a slight coffee flavor to it. it, it it's it, fine, which it, is not what I was in the mood for. It, it tastes like cookie dough when you forgot the flour. Essentially, yeah. it's like it's just so rich and thick, which is fine. Again, that can I can appreciate the appeal of that. I have yeah. a sweet tooth, but I generally prefer things to be uncluttered. Yeah, in yeah, their little... taste profile. A little bit more straightforward. Yeah. Or, or I like the way coffee more. tastes. I like mm. the way ice cream tastes with that you don't add a whole bunch of stuff. Ice cream is just nice. I don't yeah. need extra stuff. I, sometimes I want it, but usually I don't. Yeah, don't don't need a lot of bells and whistles. Yeah. Oh, it's popping again. Oh shit. <laughs> Run! <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> what excellent fucking Yule log. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, so so we, we have the video Yule log. We've reached a point where you can put anything on YouTube for ten hours just it, due to just mixing technology. Yeah, it will sometimes yeah. randomly cut to a commercial, which sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's a pity that Quibi didn't survive because the Quibi the ten Yule minute log, Yule log, the, the ten minute Quibi <laughs> Yule log would have been such a great novelty. <laughs> you can only see it on your phone. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> You know, it's a fireplace in your phone. Well, it's 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 Yule log on the go, isn't it? <laughs> Just your pants going fire. Ah, damn Yule log! Forgot like, to turn okay, off Quibby. Can, can you imagine if, like, you're on a cross country bus ride, you have to be on the same bus for 28 straight hours, and you're by yourself in the back seat? You just pull up your little Quibby. You watch 10 minutes of Yule Log as you doze off. Why don't you just watch like a longer one in case you doze off after more than 10 minutes? <laughs> I know you're obsessed with Quibi, but come on. <laughs> I'm one of the only people on this planet that has a Quibi t-shirt. That's true. That's true. I would I would actually totally wear a Quibi t-shirt. <laughs> and, and here's the fun thing. Like, it has the Quibi Q logo. Yeah. And they made it look distressed as if it's been around for a long time. <laughs> I love that. It's like That's kind of so pre-distressed great. Quibi logo. It's like, come on. It's so great. What do you, what do you, I want to, I want to segue a little bit because it talks a lot about the Yule Log itself, but you know, Yule Log is often seen as a seasonal thing. Yeah. It's not just a fireplace, it's a Yule Log. Granted, we're watching the fireplace, but they're typical, there's a Christmas music version of this. Okay. Christmas in 2020 is rough. If you celebrate Christmas, Whitney and I both celebrate Christmas. I'm an, I'm an atheist, but I enjoy pageantry. I enjoy tradition. Um, Christmas is is a series of traditions. They're passed down. We do the same things or variations on those same things every single year. Mm-hmm. We tend to do them with family, friends. And uh, our options are somewhat limited this year. Mm-hmm. If you're if at least if you're taking the pandemic seriously. So, you know, I can't go to my mom's house yeah. with my brother and his kids and 
have a big family, you know, prime rib dinner or anything like that. We're not doing that. What are you doing this year? What is keeping you sane well, for the holidays? What's, well, what's, keep, what's have, keeping the tradition alive, I guess? I, I do have a wife and son, and yeah. uh, so we're going to be doing that. Um, uh, I, I am a churchgoer. I go to a Methodist church, and mm. going to the Christmas service is a big part of our, uh, our Christmas tradition. Can you do that this year? No. Okay, I was no, about to say. The, the, yeah. the church is closed to the public. Uh, yeah. So we've, we've been doing, uh, when we can, Like there's virtual church services. Okay. And they're going to be having one for kids. The at our church though, we had like an eleven p.m. service. Yeah. And then right at midnight, they'd ring the church bells and you sing "Joy to the World." And uh, sounds and, nice. And, and yeah, right before midnight, uh, the entire congregation was given candles, and everybody lights their candles, and they bring all the lights down. See, to the again, I'm not really. Just, yeah. but that sounds really nice. That's that really like yeah, a great it's really nice. Yeah. And everybody sings "Silent Night" very quietly, and then everybody's totally silent. The church is lit only by candles, and then you hear the church bells. And then they bring up all the lights all at once, and you "Joy to the world" as loud as you can, and it's and it's wonderful. <laughs> but 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 it's uh, it's it's the cool version. Joy to the world. It's, it's um, oh, and then the they, boys and girls. And then they play Eve Six's cover of the first Noel from a very special Christmas volume five. Uh, no, we don't do that. Look, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Is he is no longer? Yeah, that's I remember that. That's from Psalms thirty three. <laughs> Don't twelve. Try. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> um. So yeah, th- those are traditions that we'll miss. But uh, mm. we've been pretty good about because we, we were able to get a Christmas tree. Mm. Uh, you know, we had to sort of brave a tree lot to get it, but we did get yeah. a Christmas tree, okay. and we have a huge collection of Christmas tree ornaments. Yeah. Uh, a tradition of ours is whenever we go on a trip or a v- notable vacation, we try to get an ornament. Yeah, so we do that our, too. Yeah. Our tree is like covered with all of the places Memories. we've been, yeah. uh, and you know we have a five-year-old at home this year uh, as of this recording, and you know that's going to be fun for him because he gets presents. Of course. So all all of the relatives are still mailing presents. Some in. some of which are some of which are hidden in my apartment. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we we have a toy that's so big we couldn't hide it yeah, no, effectively fine. in our apartment. Totally fine. Yeah. I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, but. Uh, a lot of what we do are kind of homey things. So mm. that we're stuck at home, just the three of us is not going to be such a detriment uh, to have like a small intimate yeah. Christmas. I, just I'm, can't have family over. I, I miss visiting my mom. My yeah. mom doesn't live that far away from us. She mm-hmm. lives um, in bad traffic. She lives an hour away in good traffic. She lives half an hour away. So we tried, we usually we try to visit her at least once a month, preferably at least twice, but uh, but this year, you know, obviously that hasn't really happened. And so uh, Christmas is going to be a little sad for me because yeah. I don't get to see my mom. And that's something that's really important to me. But um, yeah, we're making a nice go of it. We we have a tree. It's from. Um, oh, what's that? Oh, God. Why am I blanking on this? Hold on. The Franklin oh, Mint. No. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up the brand because we have a uh, artificial tree. Right? We have an artificial tree, but it's really good. And I want to, okay. uh, I, I do want to give uh, a shout out. They're, they're not a sponsor or anything. No, 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 no. I just went to their to Balsam Hill. Okay. Balsam Hill puts out fake Christmas trees and they're convincing enough. So we were like, you know, we keep buying these trees. We have to take them down and everything. And um, we were just like, for the, cost of two christmas trees that we would get from a lot mm-hmm. we could get a good sized convincing fake christmas tree mm-hmm. which seemed anathema to us for so long but we've got a lot of use out of it but this year with everything that's so horrible we were like you know what we don't even have an ns to like set it up mm-hmm. so what we did was we got like a six dollar little fir tree and it's right in front of us here on this table uh from whole foods and we just bought it. It's a live treat. It's very little. And we went through all of our ornaments and we selected like 20 that are really special to us. And we're going to put like six of them on the tree because that's probably all it can hold. And we're going to put the other ones around the tree in sort of like um, improvised nativity set kind of way. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we're going to do. And uh, we would do it now, except Luca would break them all. <laughs> so we'll probably do that <laughs> Christmas Eve, um, but uh, that's that's what we've got. We we did a little thing. We got um, we actually got these a while ago, uh, but we got this uh, ornament making kit from Michaels. Uh, 
Okay. And it's the little beads, and they show you how to make like wreaths from them and candy canes. Oh, and we, we used to do this by hand. Yeah, scouts, we did but... it. We did it by hand ourselves, but we just they gave us all the beads and they gave us all the stuff you need, and it's just sort of being creative and fun and forces you to stop. You can't do it distracted. Mm. You can't do it and do something else or talk about something else. It's just you with your family, with your loved one, doing arts and crafts. And that was a really lovely moment, and I really liked that okay. a lot. Um, we're going to make a mincemeat pie, which we've never done before, <laughs> uh, which is very exciting. Nice. Um, I'm going to make, um, traditionally in my family on Christmas day, we would eat prime rib. Okay. We're not going to do that. It's too much food. Uh, so we're doing mincemeat pie, but on Christmas Eve, we would have Chiapino, mm. uh, which is sort of a Italian, um, soup basically. Mm. Uh, so I'll be trying to make that on my own for the very first time. Oh, never okay. Done, never done it on my own before. I, was, I helped my mom, but I never did it on my own. Yeah, let me know how that turns out. Yeah, it'll save you a bowl. But... Uh, we just make cinnamon rolls. That's less interesting. That's nice. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to one of my favorite things every year is wrapping presents. I love wrapping presents. Mm. It's fun. I, I got you some presents. You, I got you some presents Aww. too, Andy. <laughs> I actually... I Oh, I'm actually glad you reminded me because I need your help. <laughs> because one of your presents, one of your presents, uh-huh. uh, needs to be personalized, and I need your assistance to make sure it's what you would want. Okay. So we will do that after the podcast, and later on when we do another show, we can reveal what we got well, for well, Christmas. No, no. Should, should I be afraid here? No, nothing at all. Okay. No, 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 no. It's just I just want to make sure it's something you like the most. Yeah, I, I had like half of a shot glass of bourbon, and I do feel it. I can, so you, I'm you, such a you, you seem a little chill. I'm, I'm a little, I, I, yeah, I, feel, I feel a little chill. Feeling no pain, and I've had half a shot glass. Warmth in my midsection. Yeah. Um, should, I, could, I should have brought over the dessert wine. It's not as strong, but it's just oh, it's just fine. There's, a, there's something about the idea of sitting in front of a fireplace and like a nice big easy chair, which alas I do not have. Mm. Oh God, I would kill for one if wanted an easy chair. For so long. <laughs> but Luca would just shred it. Thanks, Luca. You ruined all the nice things. No, I, I love him so. He we we got, we had received like one of our one of our Christmas one of our Christmas things. We got sent a free tote bag, and we were like, oh, that's nice. We got this nice tote bag. We got that earlier today. Luca ate a hole through it. <laughs> Already? <laughs> Already. We had it less than like oh, less than man. half a day. Why does he why do you munch on stuff, buddy? It's, it's not even food, it's just stuff. Why? He, he chews like a dog. He chews like a moth. Yeah. Um yeah, got a got a kitty here now in my life. Right, so no, he's extra, extra warm. But yeah, the idea of just I, sitting in an easy chair, mm. with a kitty by your side, a little small tumbler a, sn- of, a snifter of brandy yeah that kind of thing with like fire and everything like that there's something very tranquil about that yeah. thought and yeah. i could use more tranquil thoughts i realized recently that with my anxiety and my depression and all of my other various mm-hmm. uh, problems i don't have peace of mind very often mm-hmm. i don't like there aren't things i can do that can just sort of calm the waters i don't have calm waters my waters are always turbulent and so any fantasy i can get that brings me peace and comfort i will take so the idea of sitting on an easy chair cat by my side small tough uh, tumbler of um a boozy booze watching the fire it's nice <laughs> sounds very pleasant yeah I, I i i try to picture myself at age like 75 Got a long, long gray beard. I'm in a big easy chair. I'm drinking brandy. I'm reading Boswell. You know, I mm. get to finally just go through all my old books again. The, the, spend... the dad from Happy Days? Well, you're thinking of Tom Bosley, but Thank okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. He, could, of, he could be a writer. I, I don't know. James but... Boswell, the, the biographer of Dr. Samuel Johnson, but okay. Oh, I apologize. I didn't realize he was in Happy Days. <sighs> Philistine. <laughs> Where's that bourbon? Oh, no, but I, I, there was a period in my like late twenties when I just got to read and read and read because I was unemployed, and uh, <laughs> it was a big part. And, and, and when I did get a job, I was working at a movie theater that had a single screen, so there was a lot of downtime. A lot of downtime. So I got a lot, a lot of reading done. It was very nice, yeah. and uh, in the last decade or so, I haven't been able to keep up with the reading that I used to be in mm-hmm. the way I used to be able to. So I have this fantasy of late in my life when I'll have a chance to return to my books again. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how I feel about like my movie collection. I would love to be able to just sit down and like watch every. It'd probably take at least a year. Like I have a ton. Oh, more than that. Well, if I do the TV, we're talking a lot more than that. But the (laughs) movies, I could do like four or five a day and Mm. be done before the year is out. But like that's obviously that's a long commitment, and I can't do that. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these movies I have because I love them. A lot of these movies I have because I think they will be useful for work someday. It'll be good to have them around. Interesting study objects. A lot of them I I have to be able to loan out to people. Like, oh, you've never seen Blank? We need to watch that right now. And speaking of video collections, um, Mm. going back to the U log. uh, Oh yeah. There was a time when uh, U-logs weren't being broadcast uh, yeah. from 1988 up until 2001. That long? Th- yeah, there wasn't wow. a U-log being broadcast on television. And the only way Weird. you could get them was through the, the new boom in technology VHS. Yeah. You could rent video I, U-logs. I remember, I remember like, seeing that as a kid and wondering who rents that. And now yeah. I realize... Adults. It's actually part of a big tradition. <laughs> Adults what, do that. Well, and and it was also good, like, uh, I'm not sure if you ever threw a party that where you used your TV as video wallpaper, where you turn the sound off and you put on some kooky U- flick. Usually and, I do horror movies. There yeah. was um, there was a series of DVDs, I don't think they do it anymore, called 42nd Street Forever. Oh, yeah. Those are still... Uh, actually, I don't think they're still being made, but you can still... They made those. a lot of them, and they were these compilations of mostly grindhouse movie trailers. Yeah. Um, And they're a trip. They're really because even if you the movies are weird and sometimes the movies aren't weird but the trailers are yeah um so it's these like long feature length ninety minute two hour compilations of wild trailers for movies you've never heard of mm-hmm. and uh, they're great to put on a party yeah. we lower the you keep the sound up lower it doesn't matter there's always something of what the fuck was that I'd usually put on like a Godzilla movie or an yeah. El, El Santo Luchador movie and those were good video wallpapers yeah uh, but yeah for sometimes you just want to put on the video fireplace, yeah. or in, if in an extreme case, if you're uh, throwing a less interesting party, the video aquarium, which was the uh, <laughs> which we were tempted to do this year. Yeah, <laughs> we were thinking about instead of doing a fireplace, but which uh, is tradition. But you know, we're cool, so we're not going to do that video aquarium I, nonsense. I actually looked for them. I thought maybe, mm. but they're actually not as easy to find. Like I was surprised cuz Netflix doesn't have like a large variety of video fireplaces, but they have a few. So I figured they might just have a video aquarium because why not? Mm. They don't. I was really surprised. For me, the video aquarium, the reason why I don't take video aquariums as seriously as cinema, and I just realized what I just said. <laughs> we were just having this I know, comment on how, how these Yule logs are a commentary on time. Well, and they are. The and aquarium I really, doesn't do that for no, it. No, no, no. And I realize now that I, have an, I guess I've had an unconscious bias against video aquariums, and I think the reason why is because my earliest experience with the video aquarium was not as a film or something on television, it was as a screensaver mm, for a, a, an old computer. When yeah, a screen, I, you could still do like blackout programs. Yeah, Most, yeah, mostly a uh, uh, computer screen will just blink black. Yeah. But uh, I think you can still have it like a scrolling message appears on the screen yeah. or an image, like an abstract mm. image. A, a lot of, a lot of like streaming services. If you leave it on pause too long, they mm. will go to, a, they're, a they're moving logo, image yeah. or maybe like a, st- a still frame from a movie that's on their service and that'll be up for 30 seconds I'll put up another one the, the reason those things were needed was because TVs and old computer monitors were cathode ray tubes yeah. which meant they were firing laser beams at the uh, black pane uh, beneath the glass and if something appeared in that shape too, uh, for too, too frequently for yeah. too long it would burn the screen yeah, you would just so, have that image as like a ghost image on yeah, your screen, so, it, so they had to do something about that. If you had a single uh, static computer image for too long, that would burn onto the screen, so they had what they called blackout programs. The screen wouldn't just go black, they tried to make it cute. Yeah. And they would try to have some sort of animated image, something that, mm. would, that had to move mm. so it wouldn't burn. My favorite was the mm. uh, flying toasters. Oh yeah, that was the most popular. Yeah. Uh, toasters was, with little was, wings uh, on them. But Macintosh, or Apple computers put out was yeah. the flying toasters. It was a cute image, mm. it was it was memorable, it was harmless. The little yeah. spaghetti snake kind of drawing itself in three dimensions. Yeah, three, I like that one a lot. dimensional phrase. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a cube that turns into a sphere, that turns back into a cube, that kind of it floats, floats around the screen. Yeah, yeah that, that sort of thing. There's one that I noticed, so, um, they have it in uh, that video game Among Us. Mm. If you look in one of like the, the rooms in there, they have a DVD floating logo. Mm-hmm. Where DVD players would have this, like, it would just say DVD. It would have a DVD underneath mm. the DVD word. 
and it would just bounce from one corner of the TV to the next. And I lived for this fucking thing, and I'll tell you why. You always waited for it to hit the corner, right? You gotta wait for it to hit the actual corner, which it does not want to do. (laughs) But if you wait, if you wait patiently, it will get there, and it will change your life. If you're like me, and you're weird about stuff like that, not that there's anything wrong with that, Mm -hmm. but like I would seriously watch that and just get to the fucking corner. Get to the fucking... I don't... I'll finish watching the movie later. Get to the corner. That was important to me. <laughs> yeah, there's... Yeah, we, we all have our little... Uh, little obs- obsessive compulsive obsessions. Well, I actually am obsessive compulsive. Okay. But, yeah. No, I think everybody is to a degree. Yeah, that's I, not I, strictly... I know, uh, that's not... That, that actually young, diminishes uh, OCD a little bit. It's because it's like... Well, I, I know... You know a lot of everyone can be fussy about stuff or maybe well, I know a lot of uh, you know. it's actually a really common uh, development developmental trait uh, especially among kids yeah who are uh, really kind of getting used to rules and figuring out order that uh, a, a little bit of actual obsessive compulsive uh, disorder mm. does come into play as an an, an ordinary step in the devo- developmental process mm-hmm. So there's everybody's going to have a story of something they were obsessive compulsive about when they were kids, and a lot yeah. of, most people uh, tend to abandon it. Some people don't. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's understandable, and I think everybody understands that need to see that thing hidden right in the corner. Like not, yeah, that's not, a, that's not, a not natural. Like, not like bonk bonk. It's got to go. Well, it's just, because that's also I aesthetically. I don't think that's just, I don't think that's pleasing. strictly obsessive compulsive, but yeah. I think there is a. Tendency again, our brains fill in gaps, and mm. they know what's supposed to happen and what's going to happen. So, if you see, I don't know, like if you see a a, a, a ball rolling on a table, you mm. know that when it hits the end, it will fall. Mm. And if it didn't, that would be weird. So, if you see the ball rolling to the table, and then it gets right to the corner. And then the movie cuts away, mm-hmm. and they never come back to it. You're just like, hey, I was ready for that. Like, I was waiting for that to happen. In my head, I already saw it. And if it doesn't actually happen, it feels false. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something a lot of people understand. But that's not strictly speaking obsessive-compulsive. But I understand your point. Right. Um, um, my, my favorite ones are, uh, some people have tried to deliberately, uh, like, great people do the opposite. Oh, yeah. It's like here. Here's a video of a cake, and somebody brings a knife down toward the cake, and they put the the tip right down on the center, and then they move it over an inch and a half, and then start to cut. Uh, That's funny. Or, uh, That's funny. Yeah. Exactly my point. You know what's going to happen. It will or be satisfying they, they, to see it happen, and they don't do that. Or some somebody puts a spoon in a bowl of soup, and you watch it very slowly sink into all the way into the soup, and gets lost underneath the surface. Yeah, like, l- you know that's not supposed to happen. Tiny, like tiny annoying. If you things. were there, you wouldn't let that happen. Uh-huh. But you, yeah, exactly. But you have to watch it happen, and it's so. Or you know the, yeah. the vending machine where the chips like fall forward and lean against the glass, and yeah. they don't fall. Exactly my point. Yeah, it's but, a, you've been betrayed. I love the like those videos make mm. me laugh and laugh. I laugh at my own frustration. There, uh, we're we're actually coming up. We're close to the end of the Yule log. This is an hour long mm. uh, Yule log, and uh, I I like this Yule log. I've seen this one before, and I like it because there's like a bit of a climax to oh, this Yule log. Well, because you'll notice that over time. Uh, this Yule log, like the the walls of uh, mm-hmm. the fireplace have been scorched a bit. They're black. They're sooty. Um, the logs have gone from uh, bright to charred. Mm-hmm. And there's a log on the right that's uh, really shrunk. <laughs> it's really gone down. And you can see that they're like ember. Yeah. And we're waiting for it to fall. And I don't want to spoil it. But that could happen <laughs> anytime. And it's going to be pretty cool. And I'll tell you this right now. When it happens, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's when the Yule Log ends. Like, it ends when it goes just like, once that one falls, it's like, oh, shit. And then they just close it. Because it's ruined now. <laughs> you can't possibly watch it any longer than that. This is what we were waiting for. That was the moment. Um, Whitney, I love you, man. I love you, too. I love you. I love that we get to spend so much of our time together. And that we've get to just talk, and that I found 
no, there aren't many people I can do this with. It's basically just you and, and Michelle. But uh, that I can just talk to you forever and we'd still have fun. Yeah. And we have a lot, we never run out of things to say, even mm-hmm. though we repeat we've ourselves been, uh, sometimes. We've been doing this for nearly a decade and we still haven't run out of things to say. So nope. Not our, yet. Our first podcast was in January of 2011. Oh my God. We reviewed the film Sanctum. Uh, and The Way Back, and, wasn't it? Uh, the, the Way Back and the one of the two casual sex romantic comedies. No Strings Attached. No Strings Attached. The one with uh, uh, Natalie Portman and uh, Ashton Kutcher. And and there was one called, I think it was called Friends with Benefits. Yeah, that was with Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake, I think. Okay. Yeah. Schmodown. Keep keep them apart. Don't ever confuse Mm, them. No, never. How dare you? Mm. Um, it's like that year Simon Birch and The Mighty came out and they're the same movie The Mighty is way better The Mighty is I, far, I hear, I hear better Simon, I hear Simon Birch is based on like a book and that the book is amazing mm. but it's, a, uh, it's a John Irving and I think The Mighty is based on a book too isn't it it might be I, it might be so I think it's called like Freak the Mighty or something in the oh original. that's right yeah Freak the yeah. Mighty The Mighty is a really good movie people don't talk about that that's a really <laughs> good movie um, yeah. or Ants in a Bug's Life mm-hmm. Deep Impact and Starship Troopers. Uh-huh. Uh, no, Deep Impact and um, Armageddon. I know. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Starship Troopers came out the same year as Mimic, I think. Oh, of course, Mimic came out the same year as Relic. Might so have been both, all, It was actually. all very confusing. All, too many bugs. Too many <laughs> bugs, man. <laughs> the 90s were such a confusing time. <laughs> These days, we play it safe by rebooting Spider-Man every six months. You never know when you're going to need another Spider-Man. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's uh... It's like you, you throw a potato in the oven, even if you're not hungry, because it takes so long to make, you just might need it eventually. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for like the time when they're going to like reboot something that I didn't know anyone gave a shit about. Well, we've, we've, I've already reached the age, anyway, where uh, there's nostalgia for stuff, stuff, that, past st- your time. stuff that I never learned about the first time. Yeah, it's, that's, and I'm getting that, too, yeah. but like I'm waiting for something to be like... Yeah, we're going to do like a major remake of something that even like the people younger than me... Mm. Like we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is there's nostalgia for Rumor Has It? <laughs> well, really, I, we're just gonna do a big reboot of Rumor Has It? That's I, such I was, a uh, random choice. I was really baffled when they made a sequel to Jumanji. Ah, uh, it's like that we're gonna do Jumanji. Really, people remember that film? Oh, that's like actually a widely beloved film among people who are like four exactly years younger than me. Yeah, yeah I it so. just passed my time. People liked it. Didn't know anyone cared that much, but yeah, I didn't think anybody like had ever talked about Jumanji since 1995, and yet every here, day here of their lives, every the, fucking day, the uh, the the weird cults that has swirled up around the film Hocus Pocus is also something. Oh, like that that, kinda, that one was pretty popular right from the get-go amongst like kooky kids yeah but i i was like it was just a little after my time like, yeah. it was a little too cool to see something like hocus pocus when it came mm-hmm. out and what was it 1993 around there uh, yeah i was like just i was just in uh entering high the, school i was heading high school summer at that point. If you believe it and yeah a lot of horror movies come out in the summer but yeah but I, it's a halloween movie very specifically it's funny so yeah I, I didn't i didn't want to see it i didn't see it at the time and i because I didn't see it, I had no affection for it. Ah, yeah. And I didn't realize that there was a, a huge contingent of people who grew up re-watching it. And it's hard for some people to believe that because, like, we're just grown up with things and they're just part of our lexicon. But, like, imagine if all of a sudden you found out that, like, Operation Dumbo Drop had a cult. You'd be like, what? Yeah. What and why that one? And, well, okay. Imagine 20 years from now, there's a major re-release of The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Oh gosh! Taking it seriously, and there's like going to be an ancillary TV series that like really gets into Diane Weist's character's life, like it's a prequel about how she came to own the pencil factory. More in the the true nature of Timothy Green, like what is he exactly? Yeah, exactly. We really get we have these. uh, Oh shit! It just fell. Oh, we missed it. Just collapsed a little. No, I saw. It was fucking amazing. (laughs) Um, Your life is now complete. I do feel better. Um. Merry Christmas, Winnie. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. Now go watch The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Please. The best Christmas movie you could possibly watch. Weirdest thing ever. There, see, it's over. See, it fell, and they're just like, oh, we home. can't beat that. The end. And then can, we're good. Can we watch the credits? Sure. <laughs> the fire was played by fire. 
Now, alas, there are no more credits. No, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank our, you, everybody. Our, our halcyon journey through uh, yeah. video fireplaces. This was nice, actually, because although we talked a bit about video fireplaces and such, you know, we spend so much of our time podcasting about specific stuff, and we have to make yeah. sure we richly catalog the prehistory of this pop culture phenomenon or really find out if this show was canceled too soon or really review the hell out of this new release. Again, a video fireplace requires us to slow down. Mm -hmm. And we did. And it was nice to just be able to hang out with you and have it not be all go, go, go. Yeah. And got to get this done. Got to... Yeah, Yeah. that's just nice. A a sip of bourbon certainly helped. It it definitely smoothed things over. I'm not going to lie. So everybody, thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this commentary track, whether you watched the video fireplace or a different video fireplace or, or you just listened, listened in the car, whatever wh- you did. Whatever you did, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a happy holiday, whether you celebrate the holiday or it's just another day for you. We hope it's really happy for you. Um, again, weird year. We're all just coping as best we can, but you're not alone. We're all in this, not just in a universal way, like... Whitney and I, we're all in this together. We're we're helping each other out as best we can. So we hope you enjoy the podcasts. We're very, very grateful that you're with us. We're very, very grateful that you've been joining us. And we hope to see you for a very, very long time to come. So, uh, yeah. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter, at Critic Acclaim. I'm Matt William Bibiani. I'm Matt Whitney Sideways. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. If you want more podcasts with us, there's a heck of a lot there. And by joining, you'd unlock a whole bunch of them. And then we make more every single week. And you can always email us letters at criticallyacclaimed.net if you want to ask us questions, talk about uh, whatever is on your mind. Um, Yeah, we're open books. Hmm. I'm getting kind of (laughs) sleepy. Well, happy holidays. Happy holidays again. However you celebrate, celebrate uh, that way. And I hope it's a good one. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at the next log. (laughs) Just log it. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.